Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out. I feel him out. We go for it. Good evening, Portland! Yeah! That feels good. That did, yeah. (laughs) Every time we come up too early by about 20 to 15 seconds and just sit through a brass band adaptation of the Sex and the City theme. To its conclusion, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you, Portland. We appreciate you ever so much. It's such a pleasure to be in your beautiful city. Yeah. We've had a great time today. I've got to say, and uh, I'd like to go on the record with this, that Portland, Oregon is truly the greatest city on God's (laughs) green earth. The Willamette? Are you kidding me? I've been in New York. The Hudson River is sewerage. I've been in Chicago. The Chicago River and Lake Michigan are two ways to a body of water. The Willamettes is where it's at. The people are friendly. The streets make sense. Los Angeles is a goddamn wasteland. Portland, thank you for having us. And I believe that with all my heart. I will say that till I'm blue in the face. I will say that with one foot in the goddamn grave. I curse every other city and country on God's green... It's still God's green earth. This is such a weird request, but can we change mics? Because I feel like yours is a lot louder than mine. And you're a, you are a man with a natural gift for projection. Do you know... Yeah, no worries, man. Thanks. How a comet... That is so much louder. Do you... Do you do you know that when I, I used to go out for a, a food with my family... I'm going to turn it down. You keep talking. Why don't we just swap seats? Nah. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> okay. I'll have I'll have your beer and you have my beer because the microphones are, are different. Yeah, yeah. When I used to when we used to go out for dinner, Dad uh, would get embarrassed and he'd say, "Talk talk quieter, guy." And I don't I like a child have uh, problems with being told what to do, and we'd have these huge blow-ups because I talked too loud. Isn't that weird? Is it weird or is it just you talk too loud? I think I talk at the right volume, obviously. Yeah. And everyone else should adjust. No, I definitely, you know, okay, now we're colouring an episode nice and early, getting some conflict in there. I definitely think you talk a little louder than most. You've got an... Does, a- does that mean it's wrong? Uh, yeah. 
Why? Because it's a comparative measure. It's like everyone is out there being social animals trying to make a cohesive society, and you're just blasting it a little bit above what would be uh, useful I, for this society. I have some of the best things to say. Is that, is ah, that, this is the point we've yeah, missed. This is the other thing to take into consideration. This is important bit. And this was something I struggled to articulate to Stephen. But truth of the matter Stephen is... Stephen Montgomery, that is. A lot of Guy's the time, father. at these dinners... Please, his name is Guy Montgomery. <laughs> Stephen is his father. Yeah. The number it doesn't of, quite work when you do it that way, no, does it? No, no, but, I, you know, it, it, the structure is almost functional. Yeah. It's not without its comedic merits. Uh, yeah, no, but so when I used to go out for these meals, I'd always say, but Dad, I'm saying some of the best stuff. And he'd say, hey, I know you are. And then we actually—it was really healthy in the end. It was really good. good, really positive. He got into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a—we got a great relationship. Um, so thank you so much for coming to this wake for the knife. Um, it's uh, no, I'm I'm serious, and I like. Okay, so uh, you've some Not of you will have heard one episode of the live shows we've done in this USA tour. However, um, I haven't put the Chicago one up yet, and I tricked Guy, uh, I think again, I think I did it in New York as well, where I said, oh, I haven't got the knife, and then boom, the knife came out. I genuinely have fucking lost the knife, um, which is classic well, Tim. Well, Tim, can I tell you something? You have 100% lost the knife. That's so mean. How did you feel? What did your heart I do? I really thought you had it. It was... I. <laughs> Be totally honest. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I haven't felt that way since it was Christmas and I was nine. <laughs> like, I really thought that you had somehow ferreted into my bag and found the knife. It would have been such a good move. Because you saw me looking for it in the room, and for the discipline for this man to keep quiet... Anyway, no, the knife's dead. No, the moral of the story is the knife's fuck dead. Fuck you. You're confusing volume with uh, an ability to withhold information. I wouldn't be able to be that disciplined. That's not a diss on you. I'm just saying, like, the knife's dead. Yeah. And And, um, what the the bar here at Clinton Street Theatre, who we are so grateful for hosting us, they're fantastic. A round of applause. The fantastic volunteers who are serving us beer and whatnot. Uh, You make sure you tip them generously. There is a beer on special called The Knife, which I would love to say we are specially organised. It's just the universe, baby. The universe knew that we would be drinking to The Knife. So I'd like to share a few words and a few memories. Um, about the knife, if I may. I told you expressly before we left for the venue, I said this show is not going to be awake for the knife. (laughs) (laughs) But this beer is delicious, so please. Actually, quite like you to kick off. What would you like to say Uh, is a send-off and a goodbye to the most recent iteration of the knife? uh, So I never liked when Tim started carrying knives in the first place. New Zealand, by its nature, a pretty safe place. Uh, Not a place that you need to be carrying concealed weapons. And uh, when you lost the first knife, I thought, well, that's good. (laughs) But you got another knife, and I think that one was confiscated, and rightfully so, because uh, this is what happens if you become a knife guy. Sometimes you forget, and you carry knives onto domestic or international airline carriers. Uh, And then once you lost that knife, you got, look... Honestly, I think the universe is telling you to stop carrying around knives. I don't think that's the lesson. You, you took a perfectly good porcelain kitchen knife. Ceramic. Ceramic. They're different. Oh, yeah. Is, they're similar, though. Yeah. Are they in a thesaurus? It wouldn't, if you look up thesaurus.com and you look up porcelain, ceramic would be not in bold... 
but in regular print, just next to all the bold ones. Okay. Well, that's what I I'll think. I'll go with you on that. Yep. Thank you. All of that to say, uh, the knife will not be missed. I know that you're going to buy a bigger, scarier knife, and I resent you losing this pretty harmless small kitchen knife for that reason. I think you're looking at it backwards, and it's, it's not that I am such a fan of knives, I keep losing them. It's more like I'm a custodian of lost knives for a time. It's like I'm a foster parent for wayward knives. You are the worst... <laughs> The worst imaginable foster parent. That is simply untrue. If I a foster parent brings a child into their house and then loses track of the child <laughs> and somehow, you know, SIFs or whatever the agency is keeps giving you children and you keep losing them, that does not make Don't you a good... Don't come at me for giving youths some autonomy and some control over their own lives. They want to get back out there in the universe and return to the life they had before they these met me? Are, I'm not these, going to stop them. These are knives, Tim. These are just <laughs> knives. This is like a passport or a phone. This is just something that's pretty easy to keep track of. If you don't know where your knife is, you're not fucking ready to own a knife. It is just that simple. We watched Sex in the City for the 51st time <laughs> the 50, hours ago. The 52nd time. F- oh, this is? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 52. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's um, what a horror show. And look, I do agree that we should talk about it. And I would like to say this. There is still 10 minutes of movie owing. This is the first time on record, I think, where we will record an episode and afterwards finish watching the movie. Uh, But that seems nothing else if not important. But Tim, I sort of feel like I railroaded the weight, which I said it's not. But if I got to speak, you should speak too. Oh, I Do you have any formal to... words or just anything you'd like to say on, on the, the loss of the knife before we dig into what was honestly one of the least respectful watches I've been a part of in a very long time? <laughs> I just want to say that often in current society and life, people moving very quick, looking out for themselves, and knives, they give us so much and they ask for so little. <laughs> what do they give? They give us a sharpness, they give us a very tiny edge through which we can cut larger objects into smaller objects. I'm talking tomatoes, <laughs> cucumber, cheese, a person, I don't know, <laughs> it's up to you. It's your, it's your knife at the end of the day. Well, it's, it's not. And also now, what I'm happy to say is it's not your knife. It is presumably in the hands of a very responsible uh, person in Chicago, Illinois. It's America's knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a knife of the people. It's a knife for the people. That's right. Now, as Tim said before I rudely made him finish the wake that he declared for his stupid fucking knife, <laughs> we did watch Sex in the... In a way, we watched the movie. Within half an hour of us watching the movie, Tim said, do you know what we do? It's not even watching the movie anymore well it was just for that one i mean we fucking zoned in last episode big time but yeah i I don't disagree with that and what i would like to say is this you were not describing that particular experience but you're saying even when we zoned in what we are doing is no longer watching the movie oh i see what you're saying yes that's correct you were saying what i mean what did you describe it as i can't remember can you try and make something up oh it was profound what I said as well, because I remember making the point, but I can't remember the analogy I drew. So it was a functioning sentence. It was like, oh, no, what I was saying, because I was thinking about going and seeing movies and even watching movies, like on Netflix or whatever. It's not the event of cinema, but even just watching a movie on a plane or whatever, um, consuming some Netflix on your tablet in bed, 
uh, a laptop, what have you. That's not what we are doing and not what we have done for some time with Sex in the City. With Sex in the City, it feels like we are... I know you don't like the analogy of soldiers, so I'm going to change it to coal miners. Where we're going in and we're rolling up our sleeves and we're heading into this grubby work situation. Very dangerous. People aren't looking out for us. But there's some (laughs) boss that we don't know who it is (laughs) making us roll in. Clock in every, uh, you know, twice a week. We're we're freelance coal miners. (laughs) (laughs) The coal that we are coming out of these mines with is not being put to use. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's hey, look, more coal! Yeah, all right, all right, boys. <laughs> it's absolutely true. And what I think the podcast is, is the audio equivalent of black lung. <laughs> no one wants it. No one's asked for it, but we're just putting it on the market. I... <laughs> I, could, I couldn't agree more. So it feels... Disgu- what I'm here to share is that it feels disgusting uh, and awful and wretched, and it's not a movie-watching experience whatsoever, nor has it been for uh, upwards of 45 watches of this movie. Yeah. The first time, we were watching a movie. The second time, we might have been watching a movie, but even on the fifth time, we were no longer watching a movie. We were enduring, E-N-D-U-R-I-N-G, a project. Can you please tell me the alternative spelling of enduring you were worried everyone was imagining? I am so self-conscious of my New Zealand accent while I am in the United States that I feel I have to enunciate to within an inch of my life and occasionally spell the word. When we uh, buy basic amenities sometimes, Tim will say, uh, could I please have... You know, uh, this packet of chips and a drink. And then he will say, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel like I, as, and as, uh, that is true. <laughs> but for as many cases as I can, I do try to adopt the local lingo. I'm not asking for a tissue. I'm asking for a Kleenex, etc. Couldn't think of any more. <laughs> yeah. You haven't asked for a Kleenex this whole trip. But would I, were I to, that's what I would say. My, my trick is uh, I just do, if I can't get the thing I You need, go louder. I, yeah. But, and then they're like, why is by, this foreigner yelling at No, me? incorrect. Because when I go louder, I also go American. Uh, so I'll yes, say, do hey, do uh, could I please buy that hat? And they'll go, what? And I'll say, could I please buy that hat? <laughs> Voila. <laughs> Shining light? Yeah, I wrote it down. Oh, can I lead with mine? Because I'm definitely going to forget it. Absolutely not. Uh... When Samantha first spies Dante uh, enjoy in the throes of coitus across the across the way next door to his the, coitus, not hers. The glass box. His and hers coitus. They should sell that at a shop. This should it's be on someone's brothel, Tim. <laughs> that is true. Imagine putting that on a wedding registry. Hasn't her coitus. Now... Imagine putting some vouchers for a brothel on your wedding gift list. You're like, we'll get some whores, some him and hers whores. They're called sex workers, you animal. Yeah, that's true. That's the truth. And that is the truth. i got a question for you, though. Oh, I, this is... 
I, this is well beyond either of our pay grade or, you know, intellectual comprehension. Let's get intimate. No one's listening to this. No one's here. It's just you and I on a stage in a beautiful 222-seater <laughs> venue, which we have filled to within 30% of its life. <laughs> A.K.A. The Brim. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a sex worker... Yes. If, if a sex worker within their professional life is willing to engage with both uh, with customers all along the spectrum of gender. Sure. Does it, do they by necessity have to be bisexual or are there sex workers who are so professional that they are willing to push their personal preference to the back of their mind and say, you know what, a dollar's a dollar to work. in this economy, I'm, a, I'm on the job. Here's the first thing I'll say. A little limited in the, the sexualities you're dealing with. Pansexual, I think, would be the most apt sexuality of all to deal with that circumstance. I, I, yes, the la- I could improve my language, and I There's, appreciate this learning moment, Tim, but if we could just get into the fucking meat of the question. Yeah. The second one. I don't even understand what the question was, to be honest. Well, I've already got the answer from a much do more you, intelligent person saying, than either of us. Yeah, fair enough. You park your sexuality to go to work if you're a sex yeah. worker? Is that the question? Yeah. I think yeah. you can. Yeah. And I think you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> My I've shining light is uh, when <laughs> Samantha first catches Dante enjoying coitus over the way. You don't want to talk about some more dicey issues that could get us in trouble for putting out the podcast episodes? I feel like we've Let's talk about race while we're in Portland. <laughs> I feel like we've filled our quota. We had, can I say, a fucking dynamite conversation with the cab driver over here. And he was from Florida, Miami, Florida, and he does not care for how white the city is. <laughs> also a white cabbie, by the way. No, <laughs> no. Self-loathing. <laughs> He was the he was we got on like a house on fire because <laughs> I noticed into some very particular things pertaining it, it to taste. It got fucking niche. I noticed on the center console that he was listening to Bonobo, and I was like, that was on the short list of um, artists that my wife was going to walk down the aisle. You embellished the story for the driver. You said that. I forgot. I genuinely forgot. I said that my wife walked down the aisle to that, but I don't think that's quite true. But it's an artist similar to Bonobo and. Boy, is it a good... Yeah, fuck, you knew that and I don't. That's terrible. It's a good thing she hates the podcast and doesn't listen to it. So we bonded this over is there. The long, this is the long play. And then, <laughs> and then he went, yeah, man, I love listening to um, movie scores. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, I've met my person. <laughs> and then we started talking about Hans Zimmer and I was introducing him to Pogo. No, before you got to Pogo, they started talking about Hans Zimmer and then uh, we were swapping which were the best yeah. of Hans Zimmer's soundtrack. And then, yeah, you said Interstellar, and he said, That's my shit. I fall asleep listening to Interstellar, and said, Me too, but sometimes you've got to be careful because that'll give you nightmares. And the guy said, Oh my fucking God, you've got to be in the zone because you are right. And no one, el- no one else has ever understood this. He said that. He said, Like, we had a fucking connection. And God I was, damn it, I love this city! Yeah. He was, didn't, but I do. <laughs> Meanwhile, in my corner of the lift, Carrie and Bigger being reunited in a walk-in wardrobe, 
for a union that should not go ahead, yet for the 52nd time in half a year is going ahead. we got to get to the movie. As far as we know, we have not yet finished the episode. This could be the watch in which he jilts her twice. And so help me God, I pray for that fucking day. As soon as the movie deviates from the script that they're all performing to... That's when I know there's been value in the project. That's when I know I'm free. Eyes open, heart open. What is it? Friday you know. Night Lights, baby. Billy yeah. Bob Thornton. It's a different <laughs> franchise with the same title. My Shining Light, if I fucking may. This one, dude. Was when Samantha catches Dante mid coitus yes. over the way. It's actually called coit if it's midway through. Mid coit. Between the railing, which is above as a safeguard on the elevated balcony that looks over the beach on which she lives, mm. and you the, guys know, and the the lip of the spa, three of her fingers are poking into frame. Yes, between these two barriers, and there's a depth thing as well because the the lip of the spa is not up hard against the railing. Anyway, they're slightly <laughs> out of focus, but yeah. there is these three fingers here. She's obviously quite recently had a manicure. A very traditional and bold red. The nails look fantastic. <laughs> That's the whole fucking thing. That is niche. And by niche, I mean niche. And by niche, you mean how it's meant to be pronounced. Fuck these people, bro. Okay, here we go. Here's what's up. What's happening? We are the, we're the ones... He's, all this song and dance that these people put on when they talk to each other yeah. it's for show that's not how it's meant to be spoken <laughs> this is the right way what you and I are doing right yes, now yes the way we talk we are the exemplar conversation this is how they talk when we're not listening <laughs> I love this for a fact okay Sometimes when I walk through a library, people are talking to each other. They think I can't hear them, but I can hear them. And they're going, oh, hold on, here he comes. Wow, this book is so good. Are you for real? Are yeah, they... and who, do, who can I talk about that? No, Dude, I don't know anyone but here. But here's the question. Fucking why? Why are they doing it? I don't know. It's to fuck with us. I don't think, I, the... think a, I think it's bigger than that. Okay. <laughs> I'm all ears. Here's what's happened. The greys descended... This guy's with me. <laughs> but that too well, is a ruse. One, one of 70. Yeah. <laughs> the Greys arrived, Roswell, 1949. What is it? 52. 59. S- historians continue to debate to this day <laughs> when the event happened. What I know is that it went down in New Mexico in the 40s or 50s. (laughs) And they integrated, right? But New Zealand put up a hell of a fight. Fucking A we did. We're surrounded by water. We don't take no shit. And we see greys? No. So we're doing it right. And the greys, they're pretending. And they're fucking with us. These are all greys. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, 
and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here's what happens in Portland. You guys were like, hey, should we subsidize making beer and then make weed illegal and just pretend like society's fine? It isn't. <laughs> Everyone's fucked all the time here. It's crazy. People walking across the road at half a kilometre an hour in front of traffic. I don't know how the economy exists in this kind of circumstance. Do you know how New Zealand runs? Everything's fucking illegal and everyone drinks more coffee than you think is humanly possible. Busy work. All of it. But we're filing things. We're searching things. We're grabbing oil out of the ground. We're doing it. Not Portland. Portland's like... But why? And we're like, I don't know! But you're not allowed to let the wheels stop or else we all die. That was half of Tim Bat's rant and then half of a rant he shared with our cab driver on the way here. (laughs) I am not lying. My shining light was a carpet, but the weird thing is I now can't remember what scene it's from, but it's geometric shapes that make kind of a cube on the ground. So let's go through the scenes where we see a carpet. It could be in the closet. We <laughs> guy has, a guy is looking at me with a look of incredulity. Incre- he looks incredulous. Incredulity. Incredulity. Yeah. I can't be bothered. No. Uh, the payoff no, 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 could no, no, not no, ever no, no, possibly no, no. be good enough for it. Let's do some questions. We've got scant little time. I have a whole book full of notes I've taken. Then let's hear them. Uh, yeah, well, one person's interested. Yes. <laughs> At the wedding, uh, reception, sorry, not the reception, we never get... Do you know, it is, infuri- it is infuriating for there to be two weddings and one of them to be literally built towards for 50 minutes. And as soon as we arrive at the wedding, and I know that they're not doing this on purpose to annoy me, but sometimes it feels like they are, we never get into the fucking reception hall. We've got so much planning. We watch, Do you we mean wa- the wedding venue? Yeah, we watch, we watch so much mm. of them being like, oh, the big wedding, 200 people are coming, it's in the library, oh my God, it's the event of the season. And then even, like, have her jilted inside of the fucking room. What do you, you've got unlimited budget. Everyone wants to watch this happen. Why do you keep getting jilted in the stairwell? Why, what are these budgetary constraints that you are putting on me as an audience goer in this movie? I want to see who the fuck showed up. Yeah. I'm furious. I'm anyway. With you. 
No before argument we, from me, mate. Before we even get to that, at the rehearsal dinner, when Samantha's doing her speech, uh, she says, it is tradition for the, the maid of honour to tell uh, humiliating stories about the bride. But in our group, we never kiss and tell. And I'm sitting there thinking, uh, Samantha, are you illiterate? Because uh, <laughs> the person who you are talking about has literally made a career out of articulating <laughs> the explicit sexual details of all of your fucking lives. It's true. It's like Mattress Pikelet hasn't even seen the rest <laughs> of the franchise. What do we know? Um, here's how it happened. Mattress Pikelet was brought in. The old Mattress Pikelet, right, was a real dude, and the new one is a grey. <laughs> and all he had was the elevator pitch. They were like, I can write a script. I've absorbed enough human brains by eating them. What did the grey... Oh, that's what the greys do with the people. They eat their brains? Mm. How do they dispose of the, the carcass? Um, turn they- into soap. Seriously? Yeah, they render it. Is this from you or from historians? This is from historians. <laughs> are, you a, are you a historian? No. <laughs> so the original Mattress Pikelet King set the whole thing up with the TV show, which is good. And then a grey came along and ate him and a la MIB fucking grabbed his skin and wore that thing like a goddamn trench coat. You know, yeah, yeah, fooled yeah. all the movie executives into giving them big budget. Yeah, yeah. You but know, he didn't you even know how aliens famously wear human skin like a baggy trench coat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you always see an alien in a baggy bag of flesh, and you're yeah. like, seems like a person to me. I'm never suspicious of people whose flesh is literally s- sagging off of their pants. I'm on record as saying that Mattress Parklet King has a very severe face, and now we know why. He's a grey. And I think it actually... He pulled it up too tight. I think it explains... The back's all bull clips. This is what I'm saying. This is it. And I think this actually goes a little wider. We're about to enter the zone of Hollyweird when we go to LA tomorrow. My man. Okay. dope turn of phrase. That's what the greys targeted first, man. They were like, what do these fuckers listen to? It's their deities. And in the modern age, that's celebs. We're going to take over Hollywood and wear their skin like a leather coat on a biker. Tight and cool. (laughs) And then make movies, I guess. (laughs) Um, And they did that. And so the alien that took over Mattress Pikelet King, he had scant little time to kind of absorb the information about Sex in the City as a franchise. It was like, what do we know? Carrie writes things. Samantha fucks things. Charlotte's afraid of things. And Miranda, she lawyers stuff. That's all he knew. That is actually not a million miles away from the movie we watch. because yeah. it, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They it's just, all there in front of us, bro. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. Finally, we've had another we've had another breakthrough. A huge breakthrough. I've got some other questions here. This one's for for you and I uh, that you actually asked in the movie, but I wasn't willing to answer at the time. But I thought it eight oh five. Was the time? Oh, was that not the question? Okay, my bad. <laughs> who is Carrie and who is Big in our relationship? <laughs> What do you think? I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, well, we are both deeply flawed. Should we, on the count of three, announce who we think we are? I feel like that could be interesting. Should we? Should we okay, give it a go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So we'll just say the name after three, like on four okay. after three. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three, big. Oh! <laughs> okay. All right. It's interesting. Okay. Now, the first question to ask is, does gender play into our answer? I honestly hope not, and I don't think so, but this is the thing with biases. You don't know they're there. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm impervious to anyone's backstory. <laughs> you don't movie. have any blind spots. You're a 360 I'm perfect. Uh, yes. Not always, but when I'm watching Sex in the City, I'm not perfect, but I'm oblivious to bias because I despise everyone and thing equally. Why do you think you're big? Uh, look, I just think I'm... I'm happy alone. I think come New Year's Eve, even if I'm not feeling uh, personally up to snuff, I know I know myself. This is something I've learned in moving to America and struggling uh, for. Uh, this is not Here we go. struggling, but but like you know, in terms of uh, friendship, having yes. to make friends again from dot one yeah. is a living nightmare. Mm. No, I'm just tricking. It's actually a breeze. Uh, uh, <laughs> But I've learned, I've learned from this, and it's something I have to tell myself constantly, is that I am a, a genuine extrovert and that I extract value for myself and energy that I can use in my life mm. from being around other people. Yes. And in this way, on New Year's Eve, even if I don't feel like it, even if I think, no, I'd rather just stay in because the effort to go down to the restaurant and have a steak and a red wine by myself, surrounded by people socialising is too much... Ultimately, I know that that is the best thing for me to do, and I would do that. I see. You and I think that I'm drawing from that particular frame and that particular scene mm. to uh, inform that I think I'm a big. Because that, that is one thing I identify with more than any of the cavalcade of fucking disastrous decisions either of them make around that moment in the movie. Sure. Why do you think you're a big? I've got a huge penis. <laughs> That's cool, man. <laughs> Should we take some uh, questions from the audience? I don't think I've seen your penis. No, you haven't. Have you seen my have you seen my penis? Do you not remember this? <laughs> Cast your mind back about four years ago at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I believe I was sleeping on a couch in a lounge room that also had inflatable mattresses occupied by one Joseph Moore and possibly one Nick Sampson, aka the walkout boys. You appear in the doorway, buck naked. Waving your dick around like a helicopter, saying, look at me, look at me. <laughs> that was the first time I saw your genitals. <laughs> As I said, I have absolutely no blind spots. The perfect person. Do you want to... You got more? There was one... There was one oh, no, actually, you know what? It's not... For, I'd, rather, I'd rather read literally anyone else's take. <laughs> oh, Monty. There was one other thing I, I was going to say. Do you know what's crazy? This should be a joyous time. We're so close to the fucking end. This is, this is joyous. I'm, it feels... I, I am joyous. I'm full of joy, but it also feels laboured because the watch was that shit. Like, it's still bad. You would think that after, what, doing anything 50-something times that you find a way to find your joy in it, and yet, here we are. So I know that you and I, you started, and I actually have not resumed for about a week now, reading the same book called Atomic Habits, the yeah. author whose name I cannot remember. Who but cares? I agree that in watching or like in practicing anything, say 50 times over 25, like that is you're cultivating a discipline. You would yes. think that you would develop habits or coping mechanisms to confront the reality of what you're facing. But I would agree in that 
I have, I have like not trained myself in any emotional or intellectual way to deal with the affront that is Sex in the City twice a week. For it, those totally, of you, it totally has its way with me. For those of you who are, are not witnessing this live, uh, while Guy's voice is wavering, his eyes are watering. True emotion <laughs> in the man. Well, I just think it's a... I don't know if it's a wasted opportunity, but... Um, it's full on, man. It's intense. What we have done is... Uh, is the six month was a... It's all a mistake, but... <laughs> wholesale. I will go on the record as saying this. Season three was a mistake. <laughs> this has been fun. <laughs> Guy Montgomery, if and when Grown Ups 3 is released, are you prepared to stand by your commitment to watch it for two years? <laughs> Tim, I told you those questions are for audience members only. Do you know, absolutely. And I still, with rose-tinted, you know, with misguided rose-tinted glasses and nostalgia cranked up to 11, I still uh, think about sometimes putting on grown-ups too for the fucking sheer thrill of it. (laughs) The thought crosses my mind as well, which is not good or healthy. Do you know what we should do one time to assert ownership over that movie in our lives? Just sit down a mile away from microphones and other people mm. and watch Grown Ups 2 for the sheer thrill of the thing. So fucked. We barely you know, have enough time to just like hang out as Do you not feel like we'd be doing something for us? Like, I kind of get what you're saying, but I disagree with it hugely. I'm ready for Grown Ups 3. And as it's been posited by someone recently, if they decide to skip Grown Ups 3 and only release Grown Ups 4, I'm fucking ready for that as well. This question is for Tim only. Tim, what is your favourite knife move and top four knives in TV or cinema? I can't answer that. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, uh, The Ninja Turtles, someone's rocking a double sigh. That's cool. That's a kind of a knife. Psylocke from X-Men. Um, and I'm going to specify the animated series version. That's a fucking good version of a knife. Oh, Wolverine has knives? Nope. What are those? Adamantium claws that are grafted <laughs> onto his skeleton. Uh, I would say the katana that is used um, by the bride in Kill Bill. Definitely top four. And fuck, there's another... Why would you go top four? Top three is surely... Mr. Mr. B- Do you know, Mr. Big does chop the hell out of some tomatoes. That fucking knife! Yeah, yes! Yeah. My favourite move is just a fucking... You shiv. Know, one, a shiv. That's it. You're good. Take a quit. You've earned it. God, you're good. I love this guy. Oh. We have drunk a lot of alcohol and smoked a lot of weed here. I love your city. I love it. Your brave, you brave boys have decided to pursue therapy after this endeavour for your own benefit, also to preserve your friendship. You brave boys, have you two decided? Oh, have you? It's not a statement. Okay. <laughs> I thought someone was. Oh. I thought someone was <laughs> telling us. Here's something that's happened, which you may not be aware of. You're in a therapy session. I'm your psychologist, and the only way I've managed to penetrate your psyche <laughs> is delivering you notes in your fictitious live shows, which don't exist. You're not in Portland, yeah. you're sitting currently in Grayland, yeah. Auckland. And uh, to be honest, third tier psychologist's <laughs> office. You are our Louise. 
you brave boys. Have you two decided to pursue therapy after this endeavor for your own benefit, also to preserve your friendship? We have not spoken about what we will become after this. I, I genuinely think that the um, friendship and relationship I have with Guy is, uh, and pains me to say this, is one of the healthier ones I cultivate in my life. <laughs> there is a level of honesty and uh, openness that can only come from uh, travelling the world with someone and going through the hardships that we have endured together. You can't keep up a front for long enough to do what we've done. You should see what I'm actually like. <laughs> you would hate it. No, no, I agree. I took away from the moment by trying to do a joke. Quite but fine. The, the, I understand. The, the audience couldn't keep up. Uh, <laughs> no, I'd, I, I, would t- I would totally agree with that. This uh, transcends normal bounds. Mm. And I do. I do. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I truly love you. Uh, now, this is also kiss if you feel compelled. It... <laughs> Literally, literally every city on the US tour. And we were picking random questions. It's not like we're reading all of them. They've all instructed us as an imperative to kiss. We've, we've done it. It's fine. Are we good? All right, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Are you able to handle watching the movie without weed or alcohol at this point? Yeah. I've done it on a plane, I've done it on a train. <laughs> done it with a box and I've done it in a box. <laughs> uh, do you know, I actually, uh, for the first 45 minutes of Six and City today in my head, admittedly after I had drank a beer and smoked on uh, a vape pen several times, was humming to myself comfortably numb by Pink Floyd. <laughs> I feel like the idea of doing those things relieves the tension and challenge of watching the film, but truthfully speaking, uh, it probably makes, like, it literally makes no, it makes no difference at this time. Either way, you are trapped by yourself. To do those things, it blunts the edges of the affront on the senses, but ultimately, you're only punishing yourself. That's what I think. Which of the Sex in the City gals would you be willing to share a platonic one-bedroom apartment with? <laughs> and would you make your would you would you make your co-host live with? Okay. Okay. Pretend like so, I said that all in one breath. So we get to choose who we would live with, and we get to inflict. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, go. One of them on uh, one another. So if you got, are you 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 go. I would live with Samantha. Nice. Why? Well, conditional on the walls being pretty thick. <laughs> um, I think she's more fun. She's positive. It's the single line of when she gets off the plane, they say, how was the flight? And she says, fabulous. That's all I need to hear. Like, that is a person that I want to be around. That's dope. No one that I associate with generally in life is like, I had a great flight across the coasts of America. I'm really starting to shut down, aren't I? Nah, you're cool. Who would you like me to live with? I think you are destined to live with Charlotte. And not because you would enjoy it, but because you would learn from it. What do you hope I take out of living with Charlotte? It's actually for both of you. I think Charlotte learns way more from you (laughs) than you do from her, but you've both got a little something to trade. Charlotte's going to learn from you to 
indulge in the pure, unadulterated joy of being a child <laughs> as an adult and all the happiness that entails. What I think you learned from Charlotte, you know, getting pregnant. I'm going to learn how to become pregnant. <laughs> you got it. Uh, I would like to live with Miranda. Yeah, I know. That's because uh, she... I know that she has a sense of fun and I feel confident in my ability as someone with whom she'd be living to draw that out of her and also give her the space that she needs to perform her... I reckon you and Miranda would fuck. And no, I can't say that about any of the other gals. Literally stipulated reckon in the you'd question up. that we do not do this. Oh. Uh, but no, I think, she, you know, I also would choose... It's a strategic choice because... Uh, she works hard. You're dead right. She it's spends... platonic right there on the card. <laughs> uh, she works hard, so she spends enough time away from the apartment. Like, you know, it's a classic day-night situation. I have, the, I have domain of the house by day. Yes. She gets domain of the house by night. A sort of Batman Bruce Wayne situation. Absolutely. Yeah. We are two sides of the same coin. And, you know, on Saturdays and Sundays, sometimes we go out for a meal, and she tells me about Steve and how she's been slamming that. And I tell her about how I reckon that's fucking awesome and I'll wait to get yours. And uh, you live with Carrie Bradshaw because I love you, man, but also f- fuck you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that and I feel it. That concludes the question and answer portion yeah. of tonight's to, 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 show. Yeah, uh, thank, you, thank you so much to everyone who submitted questions so generously. And, uh, we'll answer all of them, but just not right here and right now. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to go uh, out the back and we're going to read them and answer them just to one another. Yes. <laughs> we won't be recording that either, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. so you're aware. Uh, uh, so what is important for you to know is that thus concludes our 50-second watch and discussion <laughs> of Sex and the City here. Your rating of the movie? We're reviewing it. What do you give it out of five? I give it... Uh, one. One popcorn out of five popcorns. What do you give it? Dose. Dose. Very generous. Absolutely. Uh, thus concludes the review. Thus concludes our episode here at the beautiful Clinton Street Theatre in Portland. Please give a huge Thank round of applause Portland. to yourself. God bless you. To the venue. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out. I feel him out. We go for it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.